0: If you ain't got two kids by 21, you're probably going to die alone, but at least you'll be listening to Sounds Good to Us. I'm Gregory Hill. And I'm Jordan Stone. This is a podcast where two friends of 20 years pick one album and talk about why we think it's awesome. You can follow us on Twitter, you can follow us on Instagram. And you can listen to us wherever you get your podcast. Jordan, I'm really excited about this one. It's same oh, yes. trailer, different park. Casey Musgraves. We're both from Nashville. We love country music. We're going to talk about country music today. We're going to start with Casey, who's great. You want to get us kicked off? Talk about some general details
1: absolutely uh so same trailer different part casey musgraves who is now of grammy album winning fame Uh, when this album came out she was a relative nobody uh no offense to her she just was a new artist at the time this is her major label debut um this came out on march 19th 2013 which for some reason that album doesn't feel that old Uh, It doesn't feel eight years coming up on its anniversary, actually, of when it was released eight years old to me. Um, I was living in Nashville at the time I'd moved away since then, but I was back in Nashville at that time. Um, I was working in the music business. I'll tell some stories about this album and uh, where I was viewing it, you know, from the music business lens. Um, So in Nashville,
0: working in the music business, Uh, what about you? Where were you in March of '13? It's funny. I can't think about 2013 without thinking about the St. Louis Cardinals. You're wearing a St. Louis Cardinals hat. Cardinals went to the World Series that year. I know this is a sports podcast, but I can't think about 2015 without thinking about that. But I was living yep. in St. Louis at the time um, and I was working for um, a school district uh, doing like educational technology and data analysis at that point. That was right before we moved to California, right? When we moved yep. to California in 2015? 14, 14, 14 or 15, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was 14. Uh, Yeah. So that was then Uh, I'm going to talk about some sales and some critical reception here. Uh, For those listening for the first time, we usually use Metacritic to talk about um, the critical reception. It's just easy. It aggregates kind of like Rotten Tomatoes. If you're familiar with uh, the movie site Um, for Metacritic, it's had an 88 out of hundred, which is, which is pretty high using Metacritic standard. Had 11 positive critical reviews there were no mixed or negative ones sometimes you see you don't see a critical consensus for this album you do um country weekly had the highest rating at 100 which wow is actually surprising for a country at, at that point for a country yeah. outlet i think to have rated this so highly because we'll talk about this is a country album but it kind of is anti-authoritarian in a country sense uh rolling stone had an 80 which is pretty high for Rolling Stone, I think. And Pitchfork didn't review it, which doesn't (laughs) surprise me. Um, All Music had it at the lowest at 80, which is still pretty high for low. Um, And the user score was 8.7. It won Grammy for Best Country Album, beating Taylor Swift's Red. Um, And then it won Album of the Year at the Academy of Country Music Awards. Debuted at number two on the Billboard 200 and number one in the Top Country Album. Um, it's been certified platinum meaning it's sold over a million copies and let's talk about a couple albums that Metacritic had rated higher and just to see how calibrated we are Jordan, so I'm going sure. to list a couple albums um, there weren't many that were rated higher than this one um, there's a bunch that I don't know if either of you and I have, uh, have heard of and I think that will unfortunately maybe speak to our lack of <laughs> Sunbather by Def Haven nope Jamako by Basaku Kuyate and Nagonaba. Not familiar. Spaces by Nils Fromm. Like a Rose by Ashley Monroe. Good album. Yeah, which, yeah, that's a great album. Uh, Memorial by Russian Circles and Loud City Song by Julia Holder. So we have some homework to do. We gotta go listen to these albums. You gotta check in, see how they are. Um, obviously, with same trailer, different park being so high on the list, there's a lot of albums rated lower gonna call out some of my favorites southeastern by jason isbell came out this year um they had it rated lower random access memories was huge in 2013 that was the first run of the jewels album which to your point earlier it doesn't make sense that the first run of the jewels album and this album came out the same year um, that doesn't
1: sound right at all but I, i'm just, obviously it is we did the research
0: yeah uh acid rap by chance the rapper beyonce by beyonce um, Yeezus by Kanye West, which I'm sure we'll do at some point. Um, one that I hope to do very soon, Modern Vampires of the City by Vampire Weekend, one of my favorite albums of all time. AM by the Arctic Monkeys, rated lower. Um, any of these you think should be higher? Any of these do you favor higher more uh, than this one?
1: I don't know. It's more surprised, uh, to be honest. So Greg does most of the research for the sales and critical reception. And I am honestly surprised. A lot of this is news to me. Um, The album's great. We're going to talk about that, but I'm I'm very surprised. It beat like Southeastern by Jason Isbell, Random Access Memories. We're Run the Jewels fans, but it doesn't surprise me. It beat that Um, AM, Arctic Monkeys. That surprises me. Nothing was the same by Drake. Like these are all really, really good albums. This has beaten in its Metacritic score.
0: Yeah. And then the lowest one that I found that I liked from 2013 is I Am Not a Human Being by Lil Wayne. That came out at 51. Wow. Um, So the critics didn't love that one. Um, Cool. Let's talk about two quotes. One favorite critical quote Her near perfect major label debut, 2013, same trailer, different park, positioned her as something akin to the country Kendrick Lamar. The hyperbole was that she could save country music from herself. Um, We did a recent uh, episode with Kendrick Lamar. What do you think about that comparison? Never heard that comparison made. I
1: think it's a little bit of a leap. Yeah. I mean, what do you think when you you first read that or you like, that makes sense to me
0: or? It, It makes sense from the standpoint of if we think about country music in 2013, at that point, you know, well, I don't know if Casey did you. You know a lot more about this than I do. So here's how I break down that quote. When this album came out, was it like just an explosion within country music, like Good Kid, Bad City was within rap? Uh,
1: not as much, I would say. Uh, it was big and popular, and mm-hmm. people liked it. But it, I guess the the first thing that came to mind for me was when this came out in, in country, uh, in, in in music. It was. what's the right word it was it was controversial which is kind of funny to think that this album's controversial which will I'm sure we'll touch on that um it just really it like kind of stepped outside the bounds of what country music is used to of what a a modern commercialized country music artist is releasing at the time so that is where I kind of feel like it if it's if we're relating Casey to Kendrick Lamar it's got to be because she's pushing the limits not because the music, you know, itself was was as impactful to me.
0: I like here, so that's one I agree with. You. Here's my second reaction: Does this, in some way, have a similar cinematic experience of Small Town Texas as Good Kid, Bad City had a cinematic experience for Compton?
1: Yeah, I'm gonna say no. <laughs> um, yeah, I it like it's just. It's not, well, not that this is the be all end all, but it's not a concept album. Right. You know, like you've got, you've, yes, you've got Merry Go Round, but then you jump to a song like Dandelion and Dandelion, mm-hmm. it, it's, it doesn't fit in with Merry Go Round. So it's not one cohesive story telling that. So yep. I don't think so.
0: I feel good with Liddy getting this. I, I think I would love to see this as a concept album. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about covers later. I, I, that, that would be a very interesting, and I think she could pull it off incredibly yeah. well. Um, my favorite user review quote is, uh, is country a hoary genre, most often proffering trite sentiments and musical cliches? Well, yes, in some hands. Does Casey Musgraves have such a pair of hands? Most definitely not. Um, I, I, I agree with this person, whoever this user was, because I, I think this album is really personal, and I don't you listen as, to as much country as you and I do. Yeah. You do get a lot of cliches. I think that's part of what people make fun of country absolutely. music. But to me, this is one of the best in the top 30, at least country albums that have come out in the last 20 years. Um, and I, I think yeah. part of that is because of its originality that we'll talk to. You. So absolutely. Um, let's get into some general info. Casey was 24 when this album came out. Um. The genre is of course country. There's uh, it's a forty minute and eleven second uh, album, very tight. Twelve songs on the album. It was released on Mercury Nashville. Luke Laird, who's written twenty number one Billboard signals singles as a writer, produced it, as well as Shane McAlley and Casey Muskers had a producing credit on it as well. I think you're going to tell a story about how hard she fought for some choices on the album, and I yeah. assume her being a producer gave her the, the ability to do that. Um, six singles on this, so. Big, big album, six singles, merry-go-round, blow and smoke, follow your arrow, and keep it to yourself. It was recorded at Ben's studio, Maverick recording the Sound Emporium and the Racket, all in Nashville, Tennessee, close to home. Um, some ideas about how that, like the moods of this album, lively, street smart, cheerful, stylish, amorable, good-natured, confident, fun, playful, sweet. Um, some themes, tell me if any of these resonate with you. Cool and cocky girls night out, uh, hanging out, imagination, maverick, and rainy day. What do you think about those themes?
1: <laughs> totally makes sense. And girls' night out, I absolutely that's one of my things. Um, no, it's yeah, I agree. It's it, it all of that makes sense to me.
0: Um, yeah, it, I, I can't argue with those. Yeah, I think the we'll talk a little bit about the themes of maverick and how I think this album represents a lot of lo- what I love about country music. And I, yeah. I think you said it being controversial. Um, I think that's part of what excites me on this album so much is we get to talk about some themes that we won't be able to talk to in other um, albums. So will you, uh, why don't you lay some facts that are fun on us?
1: Yeah, so there's not a lot out there about this album for some reason. Um, I, maybe it's too new. I mean, it's not that new, but um, it, there's just not a lot out there. So here's what we found. Uh, this is was news to me. Casey Musgraves was on the show Nashville Star in 2007. And um, for those listening who don't know what Nashville Star was, Nashville Star was Nashville's American Idol. And I believe it only aired on CMT. It might have had a season or something on primetime television. But think American Idol in Nashville on Broadway at the Honky Tonks. And people came in. Uh, Miranda Lambert was on Nashville Star. So Mm -hmm. the show wasn't popular, but it obviously created, you know, some great artists came from it. Um, And not only was she on Nashville Star in 07, she got seventh place. Um, So (laughs) in theory, there were six people better than her. Um, which is not true. Uh, her favorite artist is one of Greg and I's favorite songwriters of all time. Her favorite artist is John Prine. Um, and I didn't know this before re- doing the research. It makes sense. She's a great songwriter. Um, I know, Greg, you have uh, a tidbit on this.
0: Yeah, one of the first songs that she, I think, wrote, and again, Casey fans will um, maybe say this is wrong, but uh, it's a song called "Burn One" with John Prine. It's about sort of her fantasy of getting high with John Prine. Um, Casey notably talks about marijuana, recreational marijuana use, quite frequently. Um, and it's there's a video of her on YouTube singing it to John Prine, who died last year of COVID. Um, But there's also a recording of Roger Harvey covering it, which we'll talk about in the covers. But it's actually my favorite Casey Musgrave song. And you can definitely tell that she's a big John Prine song when you listen to her lyrics. Yeah, that's awesome.
1: Um, She she says she wants to write like John Prine and sing like Leanne Womack. That is a great combination. I think she Mm -hmm. nails both. Uh, Leanne Womack is a great vocalist. If it's your first time hearing that name, go listen to her. Um, I pulled out some of her influences uh, that Greg and I kind of have in common, the uh, fandom of Ryan Adams, some transgressions there we won't get into, but musically, Ryan Adams is amazing. Cake and Weezer. And when I went back and I read her influences, the full list that she has, has given out publicly, it makes sense why we're fans of her. She listens mm-hmm. to what we listen to. She aspires to be artists that we admire uh, so that all makes sense to me um, and i have a fun last fact and it's about follow your arrow which is going to be discussed a lot tonight um, follow your arrow is a really great song with a great message and we're going to talk about it more so i won't dive into it now greg and i both love and support this song she almost gave it away uh, oh. katie perry and her uh, were hanging out around the time this album was gonna was gonna come out um, she's talking to katie perry and she's like I wrote this song. I think it would be awesome for you. This is Casey telling Katie, she can Mm -hmm. have the song. It's like, you can have it, record it, put it on your album. And Katy Perry told her to keep it. She was like, this song is amazing. You should have this. So we almost lost that song to, to Katy Perry. And that's nothing against Katy Perry. I just don't know if it would have had the impact because of follow your arrow being released in country music and what it became. Uh, So that is a a cool story with follow your arrow, follow your arrow.
0: Yeah, I think it uh, it would have been great, but it means more, I think. Coming yeah, from- agreed. Um, yeah, it's, it's funny to hear. I think when we think about modern country music, we think so much about how it has been influenced by rap, which is great. We both love rap and we both love country and we love the stylings of when those two genres converge. But it's really interesting to hear a country artist like her say weezer is an influence of hers i know um and i think it's great again like i think part of what casey musgraves has done winning a grammy not just a country album of the year but winning album of the year two years ago um she is able to write really great country music that has mainstream appeal rather than doing what most country artists have been doing recently which is writing mainstream music that isn't quote unquote country, which I still like, but it isn't the same. So it's cool to see her weave in a bunch of different influences from genres that aren't just the ones we commonly associate with modern country music. Cool, let's talk about some, just to get us started, personal connections. Um, Do you have any personal stories or, or memories of this album?
1: Yeah, so the one that comes to mind is, again, I was living in Nashville at the time and working in the music business uh, when this was released, and I was working for Taylor Swift on her management team. And so we're always, you know, paying attention to other albums that are coming out by artists in the space. Um, and so this isn't the right word, but Casey Musgraves was kind of a competitor to terror in a way. I mean, they not really, but that's the only word I can come up with. So, you know, I had my ear to the ground. I'm listening to this album and I, you know, I'm like, this is, this is amazing. Um, and the, the first thing I thought of when I heard the album was it reminded me of early Taylor Swift, um, Mm -hmm. but better produced. Uh, it has that raw, great, quality to it great songwriting the stories are real um it just has that same aura to it that early taylor swift has and i loved that about this album at the time and i still love it today um so even though i was working for taylor i was still cheering for casey musgraves i wanted her to be the next big thing in country and thankfully she did ultimately become that and more um so Golden Hour is her most recent album. If you haven't heard that, please go listen to that, too. Um, it won Grammy for Album of the Year, uh, all genres, by the way. And this is a couple of years ago um, when that album came out. I know this isn't about this album, but it's connected. Um, I had been cheering for Casey Musgraves. I felt like she really wasn't getting the respect that she truly deserved. And when I heard Golden Hour, I knew on the first listen, I, this is going to win album of the year, all genres at the Grammys. I told everybody, I was like, this deserves to win. And Casey Musgraves is going to get her moment I think she deserves. And I was very happy to see that happen. So that is my personal connections to Casey Musgraves and this album.
0: That's great. Yeah, it's it's interesting to think of competitive research in music, yeah. <laughs> you know, like you work for a company, it's putting something out in the same market, but But I imagine, I mean, Taylor didn't really have a lot of competition, right? Her competition were pop stars. Um, yeah, I so to have someone that. like Casey release music that I think should be in any conversation. This album, I think, deserves to be in any conversation with any of Taylor's albums. I don't know if you disagree with that. It's but, a top
1: 10 album, top 10 country album of the last 10 years, easily. Yeah.
0: So, you know, I think I, I think it almost as a brand be foolish not to be paying attention to what she's doing. Because yeah. the other thing is, and this is uh, I almost think that Taylor's existence was as important to Casey's from a brand perspective because it allowed Casey to be a Maverick, whereas yep. Taylor could never. Until she went full pop star, singing about the kinds of stuff that Casey's singing about in this album. Yeah. Um, right. Casey's explicitly political in her music, uh, culturally so and socially yeah. so. And Taylor famously wasn't until, what, a year ago, year and a half yeah, ago? A year and a
1: half, two years ago. Yeah, at the most. Yeah, so they
0: kind of need each other and their characters, have their their careers haven't really uh, in, in, intersected often, I, I, no. I right? I don't know. They kind of have to both exist. Um, So mine is, number one is Follow Your Arrows, my mission statement. I love that song so much. I I listen to it. It is almost like a reminder of how I want to live my life. Um, You introduced me to this song shortly after it came out. We were working together and you would have uh, playlists Mm -hmm. that you would put together. We listened to while working. This was on. I never heard of Casey Mellis before I heard that song. And on my walk home, we were living in, uh I was living in Berkeley, California at that point. Um, I listened to the entire album that night like multiple times and became obsessed with it. Um, my other story is I, I now live in East Nashville and uh um, in a previous relationship, we're at a bar in East Nashville, and uh we both had had a lot to drink, uh, my partner and I. And uh we're both sitting there eating sandwiches. It's like really, it's like two in the morning. And uh, my my partner at the time looks over and is like, that's Casey Musgraves. I'm gonna go talk to her. And being from Nashville, you know that for both of us, we're always taught don't talk to celebrities. Yeah. Because if you talk to them, they'll leave. Yeah. And so I, I kept trying to be like, I know you want to go talk to her, but just don't bother her. <laughs> Please don't bother her. It's awesome. And so finally she ended up not, which I now kind of regret because I think Yeah. I didn't really live into Casey's advice. I think she should have just gone over and talked to her. She should have followed her arrow. Right. But yeah, yeah, that's my story with Casey. Uh, All right. So let's talk about some general impressions. Um, From your standpoint, kind of what before we jump into the the songs as an album, what do you think about
1: it? Yeah. So I, you know, I think of country music in this way uh country songs i don't know why this is we'd probably take an entire podcast episode to dive into why this really is but to me country songs are pass fail (laughs) i think there's such a disparity between a good country song and a bad country song um and so when i hear a country song the first time it comes on or an album i'm like is this good or is it bad um and so every single song on this album is a pass for me Mm -hmm. you hear the song you put it on this is a good country song so every song is a pass um the album is fantastic I love listening to it like I said top to bottom there every song is good but the negative thing I will say about this album is that it's a little bit homogenized in that the songs other than than follow your arrow and maybe merry-go-round the rest of it is all kind of the same to me and interchangeable in a lot of ways um when i listen to this album nothing really sticks out minus follow your arrow it's like wow and merry-go-round to an extent so if i'm going to say something negative about it it's that it's it's too homogenized and that it's all it it's almost too good i guess is is a way i explain it it's almost too solid of an album It's a solid like eight the entire way. We're going to talk about out of 10, how good is this album? It's a solid eight the entire time. Um, Like I don't, to me, there's not a 10 song on the album, although I love Follow Your Arrow. Um, So that's my initial impressions of of the album.
0: I'm curious as you explain that, how do you compare that to Golden Hour? I assume you think Golden Hour is a stronger album. I do.
1: To me, Golden Hour is consistent like nine plus Mm -hmm songs, the entire, t- so it's like, it's like going up a level, so everything is just consistently better, and then Golden Hour has some songs that I think are tens, whereas mm-hmm. I, for me, this album
0: doesn't. We talk a lot about songwriters who are as strong as Casey is as a strong write- songwriter, is like, at what point does the production meet their, their talent, um, and it's almost like, I mean, this album, from a lyrical standpoint, to me, is immaculate, like, I, the, yeah. the songs are witty and funny and and they're they're beautifully written some of them um and others are just funny right they're just they're great all of them but to your point the music probably doesn't catch up until a couple albums down the road where she can write elite songs and the production meets the quality of that writing Um, that happens a lot with songwriters who are are as talented as she is um for for me i just I love the attitude of this album. Um, it very much has a grew up in a small town but want to get out vibe. Um, it's written for herself as much as it is for, written for other people. I like what this album stands for. Um, you know, so much about country music at this point is is like pretty much anything else in pop music in this part. It's like, you know, money, sex and country, it's religion. Um, And she's speaking to people who are more marginalized by those things. And I I think it's a really interesting album within this genre. I compare it a lot to Outlaw Country. You can compare it a lot to every single era. There has been a reaction, whether it was a reaction to the natural sound, um, whether it was a reaction to 90s country. This is almost a reaction to bro country. Um, and like the highly, like you know, religious overtones and conformity that country music is usually about, and as you know, it seems like it takes. We're from Tennessee, but it seems like it takes Texans to make country music that confronts the realities of, of current country music. So I think I think I, I love this album, but I, I think I like what this album represents even more than I like the musicality of it. Um, and i think it also the, the last thing i'll say about it for me is we talk a lot about how we're pop music fans you know as as evidence by looking through the list earlier there's thousands if not millions of people who know more about more obscure music than we do and there's a lot of people who know more about simply mainstream music as we do we like bands that are you know popular and interesting that like straddle that line yeah and i think casey does that incredibly well there's there's bands that were more famous than her at this point and there were definitely country bands then and since that were more indie than her but she takes the best of both of those worlds and she makes popular interesting music and and that's one of the best things i can say about the album yep i agree um let's litigate the cover art i (laughs) I don't think we've agreed yet (laughs) <laughs> uh and i don't know why this has become one like, it's like one of the few areas that we're just like can't get on the same page about uh what do you think about it yeah this
1: is our fourth episode we're recording. Um, so, you know, we're becoming veterans at this point, um, Hopefully. and I, I haven't had a chance to explain what this category means to me. So what does cover art mean to me personally? And that kind of will set up wh- how I feel about it. Um, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean a lot to me, uh, the same way that music videos don't mean a lot to me, the same way that they, the way the songs performed live doesn't mean a lot to me. It doesn't change what I think about the music. Um, but I do like album art and talking about it, um, so when I think about this question, it's not as much, do I like this? Do I like this picture? Yes or no? I think I would answer it a lot differently. I think of it more as like, does this picture fit this album? Mm-hmm. Uh, and for me, like I think almost every album we've done so far, I think it fits the album. Um, it, 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 the color, like just the colorization of it, the feel, um, you look at it, you know it's a country album. She's wearing cowboy boots, uh, all of the above. The, the weird stuff to me, why is she sitting on such a small fence? I agree. She looks so uncomfortable. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, another thing, too, is, and this is part of the evolution of an artist, this is an album cover photo shoot. They knew uh-huh. what they were doing. You know, they've got catering. They bring in the photo that, you know, like, sit sit on the small fence. All right, move over. Stand next to the cactus. Make a pose. Uh-huh. Like, it's very forced. That's something I don't like about it. And she just looks so uncomfortable. Like there's no yeah. way she spent more than three seconds sitting like that. Um, also, where is she? I mean, is is does Texas look like that? I know she's from Texas. Maybe West Texas. Um, I know she spent time in Austin. Maybe it's Austin, Texas. So the the whole cactus deserty vibe threw me off. Um, yeah. So you know, I think it fits the album, but it it's not particularly. Something I care about, yeah. or you want to like
0: hang on your wall one day. I think you just created two sub. I think from now on, we'll talk about two things. Where one is, would you hang this on your wall <laughs> yeah. if it wasn't an album? I, yeah. I think we should talk about just the visuals, and yeah. then does this meet the feeling of the album? Yeah, and yeah. I, I, the way it looks, you know, it's it's fine. I wouldn't hang it on my wall because I don't think it's that interesting. Um, obviously, Casey looks beautiful, and it's you know well produced, as you said. Um, but as far as the album, I think it does and It doesn't, and it depends on how you look at it. Um, in some ways, she comes across in this pose as very vulnerable, as very sweet, um, and sort of what you expect her to be, which is something thematically in the album she's fighting against. Right? Um, she's she's trying to play with this idea that the establishment expects me to be someone and I want to be myself and you should be yourself. So to me, she, she, you can read it as she's kind of like coyly smiling at you, like a smile and a nod. I'm not yeah. who you think I am. That's interesting. Cause that's kind of what the album's about. Um, the one weird thing, I mean, one, I will say that golden hour and pageant material are both excellent covers, um, which yeah. actually don't really have that much to do with the album. Right. So maybe we talk about that, but I, I love the way they look. Um, it's also weird because in the picture, she looks exactly like one of my cousins, but <laughs> they don't look alike in real life. So there's something about this picture that for some reason they look alike, even though they don't look alike in real life, which always weirds me out when I look at this album. Yeah. Um, all right. So we can't talk about a country album without talking about your cousin, I guess. Um, all right. So- <laughs> yeah, but I'm and, uh, let's get to the song Breakdown. Um, first thing we're going to talk about is what do you think the best deep track is? Again, for those of you don't know, for deep tracks, these were traditionally meant to be later on down in the album. Some people would call this filler, some people love them. But for our purposes, it can't be Silver Lining, which is the first album, uh, first song in the album, and it can't be any of the singles. It can't be Merry Go Round, Blowing Smoke, Fall Your Air, Keep It To Yourself. So, which is yours?
1: Uh, Yeah, so I actually went and decided to look at my last FM for Mm. for Casey Musgraves. And if you're listening and last FM is a great service. It tracks everything you listen to with all your music through Spotify, Apple Music, and then it will show you daily like literally down to the, the second what you've listened to historically. So you can go pick an artist and it'll say here are your top songs. Keep It To Yourself is my third most played Casey Musgrave song behind mm-hmm. some of her hits. Mm-hmm. So, this is like statistically my favorite deep track, I guess you'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it's Keep It To Yourself. Uh, it's probably my favorite song on the album. I put this song on playlists, probably more than other songs. Uh, and I really gravitate towards that song. My follow up to that, kind of my runner up, is It Is What It Is. Uh-huh. It's the last song on the album. It probably goes unnoticed a lot by people. Um, it has a very Willie Nelson vibe. And something really, really cool about this album is it's country. This album is country. Uh-huh. It's, it, this may be some country pop crossover, but if you listen to a song like that, it's a straight-up Willie Nelson-style country song, which, which I love. Uh-huh. Um, so keep it to yourself, number one, and then honorable mention, it is what it is.
0: I don't disagree with either of those. I think um, one thing you mentioned about it, Last FM, which is great for those people who don't use it, is it's perfect for transparency with your friends because you might yeah. say, you know, Pavement is my favorite artist, but all you listen to is Jonas Brothers, SOS, and it, and again, it's like it's a it's a way to make you be more yourself, right? Like don't cover up what you like. You like what you like. Jordan's favorite band is Nickelback. We talked about this on the show, Absolutely. Um, and he just last fm shows it um so my uh my favorite i have a really hard time deciding between my house and step off i think step off is a fantastic song yeah um it reminds me a lot of a taylor swift song i think either could have done it um i find it hard to believe that casey didn't have like an earworm of a taylor song in her head when she did step off but it speaks to the attitude of this album in a way that uh, Merry-Go-Round and uh, Follow Your Arrow do. I think if this was a trilogy, if it, like the trilogy of small town breakout, um, Merry-Go-Round, Step Off and Follow Your Arrow would be that trilogy. That's like the New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, <laughs> Return of the Jedi of this album, um, thematically speaking. I think um, Step
1: Off, something interesting about Step Off, that I didn't actually think about Taylor Taylor and that being like a Taylor-ish song. It's a sequel to Mean by Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. I feel like they should take Mean and the song ends and Step Off starts. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it, now that you say that, they're very, and that's nothing against Step Off. It's not like she's copying it. I feel like it's just a continuation yeah. of that song. That's That's a great point you made there.
0: I like it. And then uh, My House is also really good. It's it's the only song that I listen to that's slightly cheesy, slightly cliche on this album, but not even close to what her peers would be writing about. Yeah. And I think that's like, we talk a lot about songwriters regardless of the genre. And I love specificity and all of these songs, but especially a song like um, My House though, is very specific. Like the the examples that it's she uses, specific. the details. You know, she's not just talking about trucks and legs. She's talking like very specific things, which is great. All right. So let's say you have to pitch this album to somebody and they can only listen to one song that you recommend. Um, What song would you say, Hey, listen to this. And if you like it, keep listening. If you don't throw it away.
1: Merry go round. Mm -hmm. Uh, The song is beautifully, perfectly written. Uh, I think it's one of the most perfectly written country songs of the last decade, um i would go as far to say if i had to rank the top five songs of the last country songs of the last decade this would probably be in the top five um if you don't like merry-go-round don't even listen to the rest of the album like that's to me it's it's that solid of a song i'd also maybe argue it's her still to this day her best song she's ever released I really love Space Cowboy on Golden Hour. I think that might nudge it a little bit. So go listen to that song too. But Merry Go Round is to me, the one I would recommend to someone
0: for this album. Okay. I'm curious what other songs, you don't have to list all of them, but give me like two <laughs> examples of what would be in the top 10 with Merry Go Round. Um, okay. So the first
1: thing that comes to mind is there's this artist called Cam Mm-hmm. And she has a song called Burning House. Great song. This- oh, yeah, great. so that's that's another one that comes to mind. I love the song Burning House by Cam. We didn't rehearse or research this. Greg just asked me off the cuff. And that's honestly the first song that came to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like Cam's Burning House, uh, Casey, Merry-Go-Round. Um, let me look at my Modern Country playlist on Spotify, which I'll put the link on social media so you guys can see this. Um, you know, I think you've got, who else do we really like these days? Um, Luke Combs. There's probably a Luke Combs somewhere mixed in there. And Dear uh, Today, do
0: you go Dear Today? Yeah, D- oh,
1: oh, oh, good call. So the song Dear Today by Luke Combs is mm-hmm. probably a top five country song of the last decade. It's not a single. So go listen to Dear Today. Yeah, uh, Luke Combs. Um,
0: A good yeah. example of the incongruency of songwriting and the production. A lot of people hate the production of that song, Of um, Dear Today," you because yeah. it goes because it acoustic. does that dynamic like shift. You know what I'm I talking think it's about? Cool. Yeah, it's all right. Um, <laughs> it's we'll all right. About. He says, <laughs> <laughs> "You know, never produced, written." Uh, <laughs> uh, so let's yeah. Mine would be "Follow Your Arrow," although. After hearing your case, I think Merry Go Round is right. Follow Your Arrow, I said the sort of trilogy on this album, Follow Your Arrow is very similar to Merry Go Round, very similar to Step Off. But um, I don't know how, if listening to this, you might have weird expectations listening for the rest of the album. Um, so I think Merry Go is a better answer, even though I say Follow Your Arrow. Um, like any of the albums that we've done so far, because we've done so few, we've picked albums we really love. So it's hard for us to pick a worse song. What do you think the worst song of the album is? It
1: was hard. Every song is good. Um, Back on the Map is, is my choice. I listened, as everyone should know, when we do these albums, you know, we listen to the album for the whole week. So we are doing. pretty much. <laughs> yeah, like I, I listened, probably 90% of my week was listening to this album. So I'm yeah. cooking, I'm in the car, whatever I'm doing, I'm listening to this album. Back on the Map did get stuck in my head a lot. Hmm. Um, I don't know why something about the chorus uh, stuck with me there, but it's the song that I really don't enjoy as much as the other ones.
0: Same, it's the only song that I skip if I'm listening. Like, if I'm listening to this, yeah. I just, again, it's it's great. There's no bad song in this album, but it's just, it's my least favorite. Yeah. Um, All right. So let's move into. At this point, you're sitting down with uh, who you're going to marry and you have to decide what is the first song you're going to play for your first dance at your wedding. Um, So the first question is, is there a song in here you would consider on your shortlist? And then the second question I'm going to ask you is assuming you have to pick a song from this album, which one would you pick?
1: Yeah. So there is one, but it's in an alternate universe that mm-hmm. I would pick this song. Um, and before I give this, you know, this, this little overview here, I'm, I'm relatively you know, nerdy. I play video games. Uh, you know, I'm not very country um, of a person, but let's say I was. So my house is my answer. And if you haven't heard this song, this story is not going to really make sense. But uh, picture this. Uh, I'm actually really Southern. Let's pretend I'm really Southern. Instead of growing up in Brentwood, Tennessee in the suburbs, I grew up in rural Tennessee. I drive a pickup. I wear Wrangler jeans. Um, I could see line dancing to this at my wedding it's a cool song it's fun i could see people getting into it and i know he said first dance but maybe the first dance includes other people i don't know uh, so <laughs> i uh i really had to go you'd be like casey just go against
0: tradition you know?
1: <laughs> yeah it'd be against tradition everybody's dancing and we're doing my house i think we could, kind of fun um doesn't sound terrible it's a cool fun song uh so that's the route i took was my hypothetical uh double life
0: i like it and i um I think it'd be uplifting. I would like to be there. Um, and it's one of my favorite songs in the album. So I'm with that. I found a lot about Casey's later music being, I always try to do some research. There's a one blog we really like, like First Dance Charlotte. Unfortunately, this doesn't show up on First Dance Charlotte's review. Uh, there's a lot of people who've, who've chosen Casey's songs for um, their first dance. I didn't find any examples of. From this album. Most of them are from uh, other albums of hers. Um, I would pick Dandelion, and there's like an award that I give to music uh, sort of around does it sound romantic, but it's actually not? Um, and the, it's called the You Are My Sunshine Award because if you uh, talk to a lot of people about You Are My Sunshine, you know the famous song, You Are My Sunshine, My mm-hmm. Only Sunshine, maybe Happiness Skies Are Gray. It's a song that people think is very romantic, but it's about a breakup, right? It's about unrequited yeah. love. Yeah dandelion sounds pretty if you played it and only listened to the music and and not the actual words she's singing it sounds pretty you could dance to it so i would pick that one but it's a little bit ironic because dandelion is actually a breakup song um which again defy convention i think is our lesson with casey here in this album yes um so let's talk about the opposite i guess of a wedding is a funeral uh what would you play at your funeral
1: Uh, No, we have the same answer here. So I'm stealing your thunder. Um, Follow your arrow. It's a pretty easy choice. Mm -hmm. Um, I chose follow your arrow because when I'm dead and gone, it'd be awesome to uh, inspire. I'm Casey Musgraves inspiring the people, but for me to inspire the people at my funeral by playing that song and being like, look, you should live your life this way. You're still alive. Congrats to you. I'm dead. (laughs) Um, But, you know, listen to this song and, uh, you know, really reflect on it and how that you've lived the rest of your life. So that that is my choice.
0: Yeah. I mean, if anyone, not to get too morbid, but if anyone has ever been in the position to select funeral music, um, I think this is a great answer. It's also mine. I have selected Cat Stevens. If you want to sing out, which has a very similar to this. Yeah. And it was a hit, which sounds really weird to say out loud when you're like, Hey, this was a really hit at a funeral. Yeah. But I think people do want, especially if it's the person's personality, I think you or I, we want great music at our funeral because we love music and we want music that would in some way make someone feel something other than just how sad they are. Yeah. And if you want to sing out and follow your arrow, I think, good examples of you. Hope people are sitting there listening and smiling a little bit and thinking of a stupid story of you. And ideally they leave that living differently, right? They use your death as an example to do something great or, you know, if it's not consequential, it's just at least them being themselves. So I agree. Um, so let's talk about, I think we typically talk about this in different ways. So I'll ask you, what song on this album would you wanna see covered and in what style?
1: Yeah. So, Blow and Smoke to me is a rock song masquerading as a country song. Uh, and let's combine the two a country rock, maybe. Uh, I'd love to see Leonard Skyner, Marshall Tucker band, something like that. I, I mean, back in the day, too, like in the 70s, they're up on stage in front of 75,000 people playing Blow and Smoke. I think it would work really well. I think it would translate. Um, you know, I, I don't know if we'll ever get to see one of those bands, I mean there's a lot of dead members i know but see one of those pads actually cover this song um but blow and smoke would be a really cool country rock song done in that style
0: i like it this is a little bit off topic but you and i listen to a lot of music we like southern rock music you know whether it's those two whether it's allman brothers i want to do at some point we'll do a faces album and you and i have talked about yeah. faces before i listened to a lot of faces for some reason over the weekend as i was driving around and undeniably, they were influenced by Southern rock music.
1: Yes, for sure.
0: So it's, I want to do a parallel between them. We yeah. can do comparison albums or something yeah. in the future. Uh, but it was like listening to Marshall Tucker Band. Yeah. Um, all right. So mine, I try to do a little bit of research uh, on these. of Just are there good cover songs out there? I think for me, a cover song for it to be good, it has to be different in some way. So some different style, some interesting take or it has to be better. You know, you sometimes a cover song the person's singing voice is fantastic and it takes a song to new heights. Yeah. I did not find a single version on YouTube of any song on this album that I either liked better or was incredibly different. Um, there's a lot of again, later Casey covers. Yeah. Yeah. But there's any of the covers of the songs on this album that I found. I looked for an hour. It wasn't like I just kind of scratched the surface. I searched for an hour a bunch of different search terms. Every single song on this album and it was all just somebody singing into you know, the camera, playing a song. Lots of beautiful voices, lots of people you could tell were moved by this music, but nothing that I really particularly wanted to call out. Um, however, I do want to plug, I talked about earlier, Burn One with John Prime, which is one of my favorite Casey songs. It's not available on Spotify, her version, which is fantastic, you can find mm-hmm. that on YouTube. Um, but Roger Harvey does a cover that I really like. So I'll talk about that one instead, even though that song's not on this album. Um, So let's bring us home here and get to some final thoughts. Think first, just what do you think the legacy is? Again, we're talking about music that was released less than 10 years ago. So legacy is a little bit hard, especially as Casey is still releasing music and still winning awards. And her next album will undoubtedly be amazing. But in the short time period that we have, what is the legacy of it?
1: Yeah. So for me, if you're talking about the album as a whole, uh, I love the album, but I think the legacy is small. And I don't mean that as a slight to Casey Musgraves. Um, I think the legacy of this album is relatively small. It did win Best Country Album at the Grammys. So there's something there. The album's great from front to back, but it reminds me of our first, very first episode of uh, Sounds Good to Us, Rock in the Suburbs by Ben Folds. Both albums are solid, very, very solid albums that. You know, we really enjoy listening to and actually have a lot of fans to this day, but I don't know if there's a legacy for this album. I will caveat that with uh, it did have an impact with follow your arrow in country music so that one specific song Mm -hmm. has a legacy, the song has a great message, it helped change the narrative a bit in, in a in an industry that is not progressive. Mm-hmm. country music is not known for being progressive i think they're working on it but i think follow your arrow made people really th- think to themselves okay it might be time we we start moving forward here um and then last but not least as far as the legacy um this might be her third best album which would make it her worst album by the way and it's unfortunate to call this her worst album when it's so good but i you know i think golden hours are best and then pageant material in this kind of go, it's a tie, so um, if you haven't heard those other two albums, please go listen to those, but obviously this one's great. I think the legacy is small for me, for the album as a whole.
0: Yeah. I would disagree with you. I think, I don't know how much of this I hear in musicians after, but I think part of the problem is that there's just such low representation of female country artists, and yeah, so that's true too. it's really hard to you know, you hear a musician of this era, you know, you hear all the bro country stuff and it's like everyone after that sounded like that until someone sounded different. Um, But, you know, so it's hard to, it's hard to gauge. I mean, I, I think about Maren Morris and Casey Musgraves in the same conversation quite often, even though they're very, very different artists. I think her and, and Taylor obviously have a lot of commonalities, but Taylor obviously came first. I think it's probably, Taylor had to have had some impact on Casey Musgraves, although I don't know if she listed her as an influence, but um, I think the legacy, a lot of it relates more to what I hope to see in the future of country. It's just more and more true originals. You know, it's such a copycat genre. um, And again, we love it. We're huge country music fans, but so much about country music is someone doing something and then other people doing it the same way. And you see these like five to 10 year periods in the genre no one is incentivized to be different because radio play still matters. This might be the only genre in which radio play still matters. And because of that, you have to conform to standards of gatekeepers. So you yeah, have to be true. similar, right? You can't be yeah. controversial. Whereas every other genre is um, incentivized to be fucking wild. I don't know if we can curse it. We haven't decided if we can curse it. We can't. We're just it's fine. Wild, right? Like, And, and that's yeah. very different. And um, so I think where to me, what I hope Casey's legacy continues to be is that she demonstrates that you can be critically acclaimed and financially viable by being yourself. And you can make music that speaks to you and speaks to your audience. And secondly, I, I, I do think um, having country artists speak out about social issues. I think, um, you know, not only the ones that she lists in this album, but especially now about representation across the industry that you're finally starting to see. Um, so I think that is, is a legacy that I hope that bears out. And I think that's one of the things that in the same way we remember Waylon Jennings or Willie Nelson um, or, you know, even like Towns Van Zandt or somebody like yeah. we remember these people as being outlaws or unconventional figures. I, I hope we remember Casey that way. Me too. Um, yeah. So then let's talk about then what, do we think this album has inspired, um, if
1: anything? Yeah, um, I'm not sure who this album has directly inspired. When I say who, (laughs) I mean other artists, Um, you know, as far as their music, uh, you know, it's fair to say she paved the way for a Kelsey Ballerini, but Kelsey Ballerini isn't groundbreaking uh, as far as lyrics and what, you know, Casey has done. Um, so, you know, you could, you could say that this album inspired like a Kelsey Ballerini who came shortly thereafter, it maybe is a little too new to determine, uh, who it's inspired, but Mm -hmm. I can say that kind of what you just touched on Casey Musgraves as an artist in general has inspired many, I think, especially Mm -hmm. in country music, especially her style. She's a trailblazer, Mm -hmm. all of the above. Um, so this album though, specifically, I'm not sure. Um, But I know that her her style and her approach has been very, very uh, influential in her genre.
0: Yeah. And hopefully, you know, people who were from, you know, around the age where you're a teenager and getting into this music, which probably is the people that this album touched the most, those people are starting to be the age that she released this album at. Yeah. So, again, my hope is that we see more non-conformity in country music. We, and, you know, we see more people being able to take risks, whether those be risks about the business and the economics of the genre and how the industry works or risks in the actual themes of the music. Yeah. Um, all right. So then what do you rate it out of 10? We decide you can't pick seven just because we don't want to stand on the fence. Yeah. So um, same trailer, different part. Casey Musgrave is what you're reading. Yeah, we think rating something a seven is kind of a cop out. You
1: can't decide if it's a six or an eight, even though you use half scores. But hey, not anymore. Only on the first two episodes, I think about to fact check that. Uh, So it's a solid eight out of ten, like I mentioned a little while ago. Um, And what's cool about this album is I feel like every song is an eight or better. It really just, you know, stays at a solid 8 out of 10 the entire album. There aren't a lot of albums like that of recent memory, at least, where it's just consistent. The entire thing is basically an 8 out of 10, which is really solid, really good. It's like a Mm -hmm. movie you really, really like. Um, You'll rewatch the movie. uh, You'll tell your friends to like it if someone brings it up. Like, yeah, I love that movie. Um, But, like, I'm not going to fight someone if you're like, I don't really like that album. I'd be like, "Heck, that's fine. You know, I, I'm not going to fight you on it. Um, and it's not making like major lists, like top albums of all genres of the past 25 years or something like that. But it's making top 10 country albums of the last decade. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's pretty big. So solid eight out of 10. Uh, I don't think I'd, I'd go above or below that.
0: Mm-hmm. What do you think my movie version of what that phenomena you described is? There's
1: so many options. This is really random, but I I I don't even know. I think you like this movie. The Prestige is the one that comes to mind. Have you seen the Prestige? Uh, it has nothing to do with Casey Busgrave. There's no you have seen it? Yeah. Okay. The Prestige is a great movie. And in fact, I think it's on the IMDB two top no, 250 movies. It's respected. It's it's great, but you know, it's not like I'm running to tell everybody to watch it, but it's like when I think about The Prestige or I see it, I'm this is fantastic. It. It's not my, great.
0: <laughs> my version is going to be Fletch because we've had okay. what you described is exactly what happened with us, where it's one oh, of my yeah. favorite movies of all time. And I had you watch it and you were like, this sucks. And I didn't argue with you because I kind of agree. Um, you know what I mean? Like, I don't I think did... anyone would say that this album sucks, honestly. That's fair. So Fletch would be different. Prestige works. Um, it's, it's
1: random as hell, but <laughs> the Prestige, Casey Musgraves, who had that on their bingo card for this episode? Um,
0: you know, that's what we're here for. Uh, I also had it as an eight. A six is way too low if we yeah. can't pick seven. I think a nine is too, too high. I think her other albums. I like this better than pageant Material. Whether it's better or not, that's the luxury of having a Uh, podcast where we talk about pop music I don't really care which one's better I definitely like uh this album better than Pageant Material uh and I probably like it more than Golden Hour but I think Golden Hour is so much better that it's hard to argue that that you know this one is over that so if Golden Hour if it would be a nine or a ten then this being an eight sits well with me yep I agree Cool. Well, that takes us through uh, Same Trailer, Different Park. If you have any ideas of albums, I know that we've gotten requests for albums from Interpol, the Avett Brothers. Um, We even got someone who asked for us to do Folklore from Taylor Swift, which just won Grammy of the Year. I think it might be a little too early here. I think we probably need to get some, uh, some more miles under our belts before we get there. But if you have any ideas, hit us up on Twitter or Instagram. You can find us anywhere you find podcasts and uh, thanks for the support and uh, love to hear the feedback. Anything else that uh, you'll uh, you want to leave people with Jordan? Yeah, if you are, this is
1: our fourth episode, and if you're starting to love the podcast or you love this episode or any of, any of the above, uh, tell one friend. Just tell one friend and tell them to check out the podcast. That's, if you want to do us a favor, if you, you notice we have no ads yet, right? So we're not making any money off this. Uh, the, the, the thing that you could do for us, just tell one friend to listen to it, and we'd really appreciate it.
0: Thanks or a listening. thousand friends.
1: A thousand, whatever. You know, if you've got a million followers on Twitter, that's fine too. I mean, <sighs> you know, whatever whatever you'd like to do.
0: Yeah. For sure. Thanks for the support, everybody. See you later. Thank you. See ya.